Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Hey friends, welcome back to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Plenty. It's been brought to my attention that for some of y'all, we need to start with the basics. So, y'all think that you can get pregnant just by having sex, right? Well, that's sort of kind of true, but you actually have to have sex during the time that you actually ovulate and you have to know when you're actually ovulating to get pregnant, okay? So, People have you thinking just because people are accidentally getting pregnant that it's easier to get pregnant. That's not true. You actually can only get get pregnant during the times that you're ovulating and you're only ovulating for you have one ovulatory surge a month. And so you're fertile the days that lapse that. So you only can get pregnant for about three or four days a month. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So to know if you're ovulating every month, you have to know that your period or your menstrual cycle is normal. So let's talk about that today, the P word, meaning whether or not your periods are normal. Your menstrual cycle reflects monthly hormonal changes your body goes through in preparation for the possibility of pregnancy. So if you're a man listening, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the changes your wife or your mate goes through. Each month, one of the ovaries releases an egg. This process is called ovulation. At the same time, Hormonal changes prepare the uterus for pregnancy, meaning the lining or the endometrium inside of the uterus, that's the lining, thickens, kind of acting like a little cushion for the embryo to implant. If ovulation takes place and the egg isn't fertilized, the lining of your uterus sheds through the vagina. This is a menstrual period, okay? That bleeding is menstrual period. There's a reason for that. So to start, you should have a period every single month. No skipping months, every month. And you should actually have an app or a calendar where you log the days of your menstrual cycle every month so that you know when the first day of your menstrual cycle starts. So when we ask you, when was, the la- uh, when was your last menstrual cycle? What we want to know is the first day. Some of y'all give us the last day of the menstrual cycle or mid-menstrual cycle. No, we date the pregnancy by the very first day of your last menstrual cycle. So in order for you to be sure, you should write it down. So make sure to log it somewhere every month so that you know. And that also means that you know how many days between each cycle happens. So the first day of your cycle to the first day of the next cycle is considered a menstrual cycle. That's the length of your menstrual cycle. To break it down even further, your cycle should be anywhere from 21 to 35 days. Any longer or shorter than that is considered irregular, meaning you're not ovulating when you think that you're ovulating. It's not normal. In some women, 
they uh they will actually have an ovulatory bleeding meaning bleeding or spotting without ovulating if their cycles are less frequent than um every 32 days so if they're 33 days between each cycle 34 35 although it's normal some women and some women it's not normal so you, if you're having issues getting pregnant those few days can make a difference so you definitely need to talk to your OBGYN about how frequent your cycles are and those uh, people are usually put on some type of hormones to regulate their cycles um, to make sure they're normal and then when you're ready to get pregnant we can take you off of those hormones to, to allow you to continue to ovulate and, and uh, have normal cycles. Now for some people to regulate you, we are basically inducing an ovulation and a withdrawal bleed um, to get you um, pregnant. So your period or aunt flow should stay around anywhere from two to uh, two days to a week. So two to seven days is a normal length of a cycle. Longer or shorter than that is considered too light or too heavy. So People will say, oh, I had a period that lasted five days and then a couple weeks later I had a period, but it only lasted a day. That wasn't a period. That was like some type of spotting, okay, which is not normal. And you need to, we need to talk about that. That's not normal. Or if you're like having a whole bunch of clotting or as my patients from Mississippi would say, I'm passing clogs, blood clogs. Um, that is not normal. It's normal to have a little bit of clotting, but if you're passing heavy blood clots in the toilet that are golf ball size, or you're soiling your clothes, or you're having to change your pad every hour, you're going through, um, you know, more than a tampon every two hours. That's heavy, y'all. That's heavy. And heaviness is very subjective, right? I have some patients that come in and they're like, oh my God. I'm changing my pad every two hours and I'm just hosing. And then when you ask them, like, draw the blood on the pad, you know, they're drawing like a coin size circle. Well, that's not that's not heavy. You know, it's subjective and periods and flow is subjective. And so if you think your cycles are heavy, although they are in that two to seven days, always talk to your OBGYN so that they can check your blood count because if you're bleeding super heavy every month, then you're bleeding too heavy for you to replenish your own blood count by the next cycle. And so you can end up very anemic and you can end up dizzy and you can end up fainting. So you want to make sure that your OBGYN knows your concern because it is subjective until we start checking your blood count and seeing if you're dropping and seeing if you need a blood transfusion and doing further evaluation on your uterus to see if there's anything inside of your uterus that's causing you to bleed or some people have issues with clotting, okay? And the first sign of that is super heavy vaginal bleeding. And so we want to make sure that if you have a clotting disorder, we're working you up for that. If you've had to get several blood transfusions because of your periods, you need a, you need a workup for clotting disorder, okay? There could be something going on there. Um, if And that's if your uterus is normal. If you don't have like something else like fibroids or a polyp, if they ruled those things off that can cause you to bleed very heavily and you, you know, have had several blood transfusions in your lifetime because of your cycles, then you need to get that checked out and you need to make sure you don't have a clotting disorder. Now, if you're taking contraception, like if you have an intrauterine device in place or you're on birth control pills, this can intentionally or sometimes unintentionally alter the length and consistency of your menstrual cycle. Okay, so people tell me all the time, well, I haven't had a cycle in three, four months 
And I'll say, do you have an IUD in place? Well, yeah, I have the Mirena. Well, there you go. Okay, because a lot of these um, contraceptions try not to allow you to have, try not to have, uh, make you have heavy cycles. Okay, so if the point is for you to have less flow, some people's side effects is that they have no flow. Okay, so it's not abnormal for people to not have a cycle, especially with an IUD. Now, some people can take birth control pills to allow themselves to have cycles, you know, every quarter. So like seasonique, you have a period every three months. Um, that's intentional, but you can still have breakthrough spotting even with birth control. And that can be abnormal. And so you need to talk to your OBGYN because they may need to switch you to a different type of contraception. Other things that can alter your menstrual, menstrual cycle. Of course, if you have an STD or pelvic inflammatory disease, that can mess up all your hormones, okay? It can alter your flow. It can mess up your hormones. It can mess up the lining of your uterus. It can cause you to have breakthrough spotting or bleeding. Um, and it can cause you to have pelvic pain as well. So you would need to get that treated. And once you're treated, if you're still abnormal, then we need to do some things to regulate your cycles. If you have fibroids, this can make your flow very heavy, okay? There are a lot of people walking around asymptomatic with fibroids. I'm walking around now asymptomatic with fibroids. My fibroids do not cause me to have any pelvic heaviness, any constipation, any um, pelvic pain. Um, I don't have painful cycles, not irregularly painful. And so I'm considered asymptomatic. Now in pregnancy, I became symptomatic and had a really rough pregnancy because of the fibroids. But if you're not pregnant and you're asymptomatic, great, good for you. But if you um, have heavy flow, the first thing we're going to go looking for is whether or not you have fibroids, okay? Because fibroids, if they're in the myometrium, which is the muscular layer of the uterus, they can push into the cavity and distort the endometrium, which is the inside layer. Remember, that's where the little cushion pillow where the baby would sit um, and implant. It can cause that to shed as it grows and tries to impinge further in the cavity, okay? If you have a fibroid, inside the cavity already, then yeah, you can have a whole bunch of bleeding. Okay? You can have a lot of ble bleeding from that um, because your lining is constantly being shed because of that fibroid that's there. So fibroids can cause heavy flow. If you have that, you need to get them removed. Okay, We don't want you to keep on having blood transfusion because of fibroids. You got to get the fibroids removed. Polyps. So some people, people forget about polyps. They'll say, I don't have fibroids. But you can still have polyps. Polyps are just these like irregular growths that's from the endometrial lining or the, the thin lining inside of the uterus where the baby would implant. And this can cause spotting because fibroids, uh, polyps are very friable, okay? Polyps anywhere are very friable and they bleed, okay? Those, those capillary endings can be exposed and they can, you can bleed. And so the number one sign of polyps would be intramenstrual spotting okay meaning you're spotting between your cycles okay so you say oh i used to have a normal 28 day cycle and now i'm spotting okay well we gotta go looking for a polyp fibroids are polyp fibroids we usually call you have heavy flow polyps can cause your flow to be heavier as well but you usually have spotting between your cycles as well okay pcos um this can make your periods irregular meaning not monthly some people can have um, scant cycles. Some people don't have a cycle at all. Some people have issues with ovulation and fertility. So go back. Uh, there is an episode on PCOS specifically because there's a lot that goes on with PCOS. Go back and listen to that episode. It was, it was pretty good. 
I don't like to toot my own horn, but it was a pretty good episode, okay? And the fibroid episode was also a pretty good episode. So go back and listen to those. But those conditions can cause your cycles to be abnormal. Breastfeeding itself, if you had had a baby and you're still breastfeeding, this can inhibit ovulation due to the release of oxytocin. Oxytocin is the same thing as Pitocin, y'all. When people say, I don't want to be induced with Pitocin, I'm like, well, your body makes natural oxytocin. It's the same thing. But oxytocin is released due to the suckling sensation of breastfeeding, okay? And that causes a negative feedback to the brain to tell the brain not to release those pregnancy hormones or the hormones that cause you to ovulate, not pregnancy hormones, y'all but hormones that cause you to ovulate. If you're breastfeeding, the good thing is it's a natural birth control, right? If you breastfeed normally like you're supposed to, you are not going to have a period. Now, when you start spacing your breastfeeding out, then you will start to have a period. And that means that you can ovulate. But even if you have a period with breastfeeding, some of your periods can be very light and they can be irregular because of the frequency of your breastfeeding being irregular and you're not really ovulating regularly either. And so breastfeeding itself is a reason that people have abnormal cycles. Eating disorders. So if you have a weight loss or weight gain, you can have abnormal cycles. There's a lot of people that have anorexia or bulimia that don't have cycles at all because they are nutritionally depleted and their body doesn't have the hormones, doesn't have the estrogen to cause the LH surge that you need to ovulate. Yes, that's, I got technical with you. But basically, you need fat, okay, to have hormones to tell the brain to tell your ovaries to ovulate, okay? If you have too much fat, then it's the same thing as oxytocin. Though you have way too much hormone and then your brain is going to receive a signal that you got too much hormone. So it's going to shut down the signal to ovulate because it's going to shut down the hormones. Too much or too little can cause abnormal cycles. And then pregnancy, of course, in itself can cause you to have abnormal cycles because you're missing a period, right? People are like, I didn't have a period this month. Of course, the first thing you're going to do is see if you're pregnant. So that is the number one reason for people to have problems with their cycles is pregnancy. Now that we have talked through reasons for abnormal cycles and what's a normal and an abnormal period, let's go to some cases. First case is a 21-year-old who presents for preconception consult. She reports having mostly normal periods, but for the last few months, she has had heavier bleeding, and spotting about a week after her period ends. She changes her pads every hour on the first and second days of her cycle, which lasts about seven days. She had an ultrasound that showed that her uterus was normal size, the lining was 1.5 centimeters, and she had no fibroids. She has obesity with a BMI of 32. Otherwise, she has no medical issues. She presents wanting information about regulating her cycle so she can get pregnant. All right. So with this case, I would say, um, one, we are BMI buddies, but um, 
meeting previous buddies because my BMI used to be 32 and now it's 31 because I've lost five pounds. Thank you very much. So, um, yes, I will toot my own horn with that. Usually I would tell people it would help with ovulation if you would lose a couple of pounds. Um, but I usually don't recommend that until people have a BMI of over 35, but any little weight loss helps with ovulation. The biggest thing that screams to me is that you went from having normal monthly cycles to now over the past couple of months having um, bleeding or heavier bleeding and spotting a week after your period ends, which means that you might have spotting um, between your cycles. I don't know how heavy that is that you have spotting or what you're considering spotting, but spotting after your cycle ends completely is always not normal. Your lining is 1.5 centimeters. So it just depends on where in your cycle that was measured because our lining gets thicker and thinner depending on how close to shedding we are, right? The lining builds up over time and then we shed it. So for somebody that has normal monthly cycles, somebody that's 21 and is still uh, ovulating like you are, then one centimeter is normal. Even 1.5 can be normal in some situations, but one is usually around the upper limit of normal. Um, so I would want to do further evaluation of your uterus, namely a sinohistogram to look and see if you have a polyp. So that's what I would recommend first is a sinohistogram to see why your lining is at 1.5 centimeters. Okay, if there's no fibroids and your uterus is, is normal size, then why is your lining that thick okay so sign of histogram is when we basically insert a speculum and we put a catheter through your cervix and try to infuse water into the uterus to try to get that cavity to expand okay and then we can see if there are any polyps that are poking into the uterine cavity if we see that what do we do we remove it we remove the polyp. We do a, a polypectomy. Polypectomy. That's such a big word to say. A polypectomy. And we remove it, right? And so after that, you shouldn't have that shedding seven days after your period stops. And it honestly should also help with the heaviness of your periods. Okay, so that is what I would suggest. That's what I'm thinking with your case. But you do need a thorough evaluation. One, we need to check your blood count. Make sure you're not bleeding too heavy. Make sure you don't need a blood transfusion. Two, you said you didn't have fibroids. Well, how long ago was this, this uh, ultrasound? So if the ultrasound was a while ago, you need another ultrasound in addition to the sinohistogram, which they're going to do with um, the ultrasound. Okay, they're going to do that anyway. Okay, with the ultrasound. And if you have a fibroid, you may need um, either an assessa, which is a uterine artery embolization, which I'll have to talk about in a whole show, another show later. Or um, you would need the fibrous removed via myomectomy. That could cause you have heavy bleeding. And then some people, like I say, can have bleeding or clotting disorders. But for you, since you had normal periods before that, and it's only been a couple months, I wouldn't do a, a, a big disorder, a big workup on your heavy bleeding at this point. Uh, I would try to treat and see why the lining is so thick right now. My case pearl for this case is bleeding between periods always requires further workup. Polyps should be ruled out in this case. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our second case is a 43-year-old who presents because she has been trying to get pregnant naturally, but only has a cycle every two to three months. She was seen by an REI doctor who recommended IVF, but she doesn't want to go that route. She would prefer to regulate her cycles on her own. 
she had a normal ultrasound. She was told that her FSH was 10.1 and that her anti-malarian hormone level was 0.9. She presents wanting information about regulating her cycle. Looking at her numbers, so her follicular stimulating hormone, so that's FSH basically goes with your LH, which is your luteinizing hormones, which are the hormones that rise right before you ovulate, okay? And so the higher your FSH is, the more likely you are to have premature ovarian failure. And so your FSH can be anywhere from two to being super fertile to 20. And an FSH of 10 realistically shows us that, hey, you're not menopausal yet, but you're getting there. Okay, you're getting there. Because we really want your FSH to be half that. And your anti-malarian hormone is another hormone that tells us more so about um, your follicles, okay, and your eggs, your ovarian reserve. And this being 0.9 is super low, okay? So even between one and two, People can still get pregnant, but it's really hard for them to get pregnant naturally. And yours is below one. So you're wanting information about how to normalize your cycles, but you're 43. And it could be that you are getting to the point where you are premenopausal. Okay. And that's why your cycles are spacing every two or three months. Um, If you've already seen an REI doctor, which is a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility doctor who recommended IVF, um, then I can presume that you've already had a thorough workup and you've already been tried on some type of hormonal regulation. And if that's the case and an REI doctor is recommending that you get IVF, then the real question is, why do you not want IVF? The longer you go without getting pregnant, the lower your ovarian reserve becomes, the higher your FSH is, and the less likelihood that you will get pregnant naturally. And I say that with you know, not trying to discourage you, but I say that because I'm trying to be realistic. Okay. Because I have a lot of people that are 43, 44, 49 in my practice, but they don't have FSH levels that are higher and they don't have A and H levels that are so low. Okay. So we have to make sure we know what we're doing with these hormones. And if you're not, If your AMH is very low, it's very unlikely that you will get pregnant naturally. It's not impossible, but you're going to have a more difficult time. And so you could uh, do some ovulation induction, meaning we can regulate your cycle and, and give you medicines to increase the likelihood that you ovulate. That would increase your chances of having multiples, though. And if you're not wanting to do that because you want to have, you know, do things on your own, the question is, are you even willing to have medicines to induce your ovulation? Because you definitely need medicines to induce your ovulation at this point if you're having cycles every two, three months. I mean, birth control pills can normalize your cycles, but it's still not going to necessarily mean that you're ovulating. Um, after we take you off the hormones because you are, your values already show us that, hey, I'm on the verge of like really not having good ovarian reserve. And so when we see that, the best thing to do is to at least start with an egg retrieval if you haven't already, or you can consider a donor egg later, but at least start with an egg retrieval to see if they can retrieve eggs 
in the event that you can't get pregnant naturally, because what you don't want to do is try to do this for two years and all of a sudden you're menopausal and you can't get pregnant at all. And then you have no eggs at all for harvesting. So um, I would, if I were you, go ahead and get egg retrieval. Um, if you want to try to get pregnant naturally on your own, you can be put on hormones to regulate your cycles and induce ovulation or attempt to induce ovulation and then actively try to get pregnant. Then if you can't get pregnant, then you have eggs that you can use of your own to go through IVF versus using um, uh, a donor egg. Okay. And then we also have to think about the age of the sperm. How old is the dad and things like that. When we're putting all this into the equation to see if you need to use donor sperm as well. That's a conversation for another day. Oh, and that other day will be next week when we will talk about IVF pregnancies and egg retrieval with Dr. Jones, our medical expert next week. But for this week, I really encourage you to get an egg retrieval just in case the natural way does not work because your hormones are already showing us that you don't have much of an ovarian reserve. So the case pearl for this case, although it's not popular, as we age, we have less and less of an ovarian reserve. Sometimes IVF is really the best option. And I know this is an addition to the case pearl, but y'all, I mean, we are getting pregnant later. We are born with all of the eggs we will have in our life. It's not fair. I know men make sperm. They make it in their sleep. They are not born with all the sperm they have, but we unfortunately are born with all the eggs we have. So once we get a low ovarian reserve, there's no way to turn back that clock and get a higher ovarian reserve. People ask me that all the time. Like, hey, is there any way to increase my ovarian reserve? No, you're born with what you have. And so you ovulate and use an egg every time you ovulate. So we have to be conscious of that. And so if you have proof that your ovarian reserve is going down, Go ahead and act on that proof and get your eggs retrieved while you still can. And I'm not telling you not to get pregnant naturally. You can get pregnant naturally, but you don't want to have you don't want to have eggs in storage just in case you go through this for a couple years and now you're not ovulating at all. Okay. Sorry for that soapbox, but I felt a need to say it. I felt compelled. All right, medical intern. Any email cases? Yes. This one says, Dr. Plenty, I have a question about my daughter. She's 16 years old and has not had a period before. She's not overweight. She eats extremely clean and exercises daily because she runs track. Is this abnormal for her not to have had her first period yet? Not necessarily. There's a lot of stuff that can go on when people don't have a period. And we want you to have a period by age 16. You're right at 16, right? So 11 to 16 is pretty normal. Before that, then that's considered precocious puberty. After that, you have a late onset. So at 16, if you came in our office, we'd be doing an evaluation. One, do you have a uterus? Okay. There's a lot of people that we find that have uterine malformations or they don't have a uterus. And that's the reason that they don't have a period. You can't have a period without a uterus. So you need an ultrasound to make sure you actually have a uterus in place. And then do you actually have a vagina that connects with the uterus? So we have some people that can have a blind vaginal pouch, meaning there's like not a uterus above it or there's a uterus, but it's not connected 
meaning the cervix is just not open. And so we have to then go in and create a, an, an opening to allow blood out. Okay. Usually people have a lot of cramping with that because you have old blood that's built up into the uterus. And then there's like a septum between the vagina and the uterus. Um, that is not allowing blood out, right? And so you have cramping because your uterus gets big. Um, but a blind vaginal pouch, I've had people that, that don't have a vagina, but they try to have sex. And so they've created a, their own vagina because of sexual intercourse when their vagina is very small. I've had that case before. And then the other thing is, are you genetically female? Meaning, do you have two X's? Okay. Because there are syndromes like Swire syndrome that can present as women when really they have an X and a Y and that Y has been inactivated. Okay. We need an episode on genetics. We need an episode on genetics. But that Y has been inactivated. And so phenotypically, meaning when I look at you, you look like a woman. But realistically, genotypically, you have the male Y gene. Okay. Same thing for other... um uh, syndromes that can happen. XXY. I mean, there's a whole bunch of syndromes y'all that can cause people to look like a woman, but really there's a Y hanging around. Okay. And it's just not expressed. So, um, at 16, I would not do that extensive evaluation. The, the, uh, the most alarming thing or the elephant on the wall here is that she exercises daily. She's a track star and she's probably not ovulating because she don't have any fat. You need fat, y'all. You need fat to ovulate. Okay. That's one good thing about being a little bit juicy is that you have fat and we need fat because estrogen um, is converted to its active stage in fat cells. And so if you exercise all the time, you have um, a super low body mass index and you have a super low percentage of fat, then you're not going to ovulate. Okay. Those people have late onset puberty and they don't ovulate. And so we can put them on some type of birth control pill to try to get them to have a breakthrough bleed or withdrawal bleed. Um, or we can have her eat a little bit more, gain a little bit more weight. Okay. But I wouldn't have her do this until she's 17. If she hasn't had a period by 17, then we can do things like this. 16 is still not abnormal for athletes to have um, no period or very late onset periods because they just don't have enough fat. Okay. So mom, I wouldn't worry too much about your daughter. 17 is when I would start to say, okay, let's do something about this. Let's do a workup. Let's make sure she has a, a, a vagina and a uterus and ovaries and all those things that make us ovulate and the hormones are normal. And if not, then we can do some hormonal regulations. That's my two cents for that. So medical intern, are there any more emailed cases today? And my medical intern is shaking her head. No. So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned no more about the P word or your menstrual period. If you like help optimizing your health before pregnancy or you need help with anything dealing with women's health, feel free to book a virtual consult with me online. See my link tree for details on how to schedule a consult. If you've been enjoying the podcast, make sure to rate and leave a comment on your preferred platform. And don't keep me a secret. Make sure to share with your friends and go back and catch up on all of our previous episodes. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication 
or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your case or topic discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Don't forget to also subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition pregnancy pearls is a mean old lion media production everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.